Hello, beautiful people. This is episode numero trace of the Mindful Maddie pod. We're talking relationships today, and I really just get right into it. It's a longer episode, but it's definitely <laughs> it's interesting to listen to. Um, I've had a lot of experiences, and I talk about my relationship with sex and intimacy and my sexuality a little bit. Um, and then I talk about my serious boyfriends that I've had. And I definitely spill the tea on what's been happening lately, as of late, um, with my ex-boyfriend. So, if you're wanting to tune into that, you better buckle up and listen well. Um, thank you so much for listening and supporting me. Please review and rate the podcast on Spotify and Anchor. And... DM me and let me know what you think. All right, here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Mindful Maddie pod. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is treating you with kindness. I hope you're treating yourself with kindness. Um... Lots has happened, I feel like, in the past couple weeks, and I'm sitting down to record this for the second time, my episode about my relationships and my dating patterns (laughs) and how my journey hasn't really been about my love life until now at least publicly. I definitely was always searching for a boyfriend and for a connection and for that meaningful connection, but I was never willing to share that part of me. Didn't feel like that really was pertinent to the social media, to the self-love coaching, but as I've gotten deeper into this journey, it really has shown me how much my relationships have bled into my emotions and my patterns and my codependency, my people-pleasing and um, how avoidant I have been with relationships, with like casual encounters like sex. I've just really avoided thinking my patterns were unhealthy for me and... I don't know, I'd say this year especially has shown me how important it is that when I'm honoring my body, that includes everything. That includes relationships, that includes sex, that includes who I allow to be near me, be around me, be intimate with me on those levels. I've never really honored sex as something that's sacred to me. Um, Before I had sex, I was scared of it. And after, I kind of took advantage of the fact that it was accessible in college. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I think that's where... That's where we're going to start, and obviously I didn't waste any time just getting into it, but 
Um, that's where we're starting with this episode is kind of once I got to college, what everything looked like for me relationship wise, sex wise. Oh man, sexuality wise. So yeah, here we go. Here we go, baby. Um, I left Boulder. I, I'm, yeah, I had never had a boyfriend. I was always like kind of a secret for the guys that would even like make out with me. So that was kind of my, <laughs> my confidence level was like, all right, I'm always a secret. I'm always behind closed doors having private moments with boys, with men at, at that time. And yeah, so when I went to college, it was easy for me to just like go crazy and had a lot of one night stands and a lot of really drunk hookups. Not something I'm proud of, but something that honestly I don't, I didn't have the self-respect to control or to, like I said before, honor my body, honor myself, which yeah, hindsight, like that's hurtful. And I know that that girl was just doing what she thought she had to do to be loved and accepted um, and safe. Even though there were times when I wasn't in a safe situation, a safe sexual encounter. Um, yeah, I feel like I had a lot of sneaky links. That's kind of something I joke about and something I still kind of, I'm, I'm dealing with now. I'm becoming aware of it. And if you don't know what a sneaky link is, it's someone who you can hit up and you guys are just kind of friends. You're low key, you're casual, no one really knows about them. And you can hit them up and they hit you up to have sex and to chat and chill and whatever, drink, smoke. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I was doing a lot of that and having a lot of one night stands. I had a fake ID in Laramie and I would go home with guys from the bars. That was kind of the goal, like, that was the goal. <laughs> Going out however many nights a week we did, the goal was to like make out with someone or go home with someone or like find an after party, right? Um, I put a lot of value in that hookup culture and in the bar scene and yeah, especially in Laramie, like it was a small town and so I feel like who you hooked up with was kind of important. So I, <laughs> this is like as shallow as that sounds, like a lot of people, I was keeping a secret and that was something I experienced myself. So maybe a little of like subconscious revenge, but it wasn't fulfilling. I was having sex with the men that would give me attention and it's hard to admit, but I definitely was somewhat of a girl who was being special to someone in private and that person wasn't able to I don't know, like, show me off, take me out, actually be serious about a relationship with me. 
And something I also experienced was a lot of my guy friends. When I say a lot, I think I mean most of them. I think I mean 90, at least 95% of them. My guy friends, we would get close. We would be really like close and it would feel like just a good friendship. It would get to like best friends, like hanging out all the time, even alone. And then <laughs> I shit you not, many times it turned into hooking up. And then that would lead to dissolving the friendship. And they would get weird. I would still try to like hang out because. I still wanted to be friends and I didn't necessarily want to hook up in the first place but again I wasn't in a place of like self-respect and boundaries and like mm, no I'm gonna honor myself more than that because and yeah you're just my friend like we're not supposed to do that um so when they came on to me it was always confusing and I always was like taken aback and then it would just be like all right well this is happening and I'm kind of into it and we'll see what happens and then like you know that would go on for however long or whatever and then yeah the friendship kind of would be over because it would feel like <sighs> there was too much pressure I don't know I'm not friends with any of those people anymore and that's kind of sad to say but I do like operate in that way as well I have friends that are men that I have slept with and that I keep in communication with and I go to for advice and yeah, check in and like see how their mental health is doing and like that's important to me and so when it had flipped the switch like as I went through college and stuff and it went from friendship to like hooking up to like nothing, that was hard, that was hard for me too. I just wanted to be friends and if they wanted more I was open to that but I was not trying to do anything and yeah it makes me sad sometimes because I feel like men can see me and perceive me as like <laughs> just someone who's gonna have sex with them just someone who's like there when they want to do that and in the past that's been like I was all for that I was like okay when you're ready to give me attention I'll be over here ready for you to give me attention and <laughs> now I just don't really yeah now I'm like I want the right kind of attention and if you're gonna come show that to me great let's see what happens let's see where it goes but I'm not going to come down to that level and like make shit weird if you're, yeah, like I'm not gonna be pining over you and making you feel like, oh, she's obsessed with me and all this stuff. Like, I don't need that energy anymore. I don't need that validation. And, and really it was just sex. Really it wasn't actual validation. It wasn't someone who actually cared about me and actually wanted to show me that they cared about me. It was about them getting what they wanted and me being available to do that, right? So, and me being willing. <sighs> yeah. So, 
I slept with a lot of guy friends. And I've still had a lot of just kind of like secret romances that my friends don't know about. And dating has been hard. And yeah, I don't know. Spent a lot of time putting it together that I've been expecting less from men than I wanted or deserved. And I know now what I do deserve. And so like, while I'm talking about this, it's hard, but I've come so far that I can look back and be like, okay, dude, you really were going through it and that's okay. You were using sex and you were using the validation you felt from intimate physical connections you were using that to make yourself feel better and to fill those voids that you were avoiding in your own healing journey that's why i want to talk about sex and relationships and sexuality right now because in this healing journey of mine how far i have come it really shows me that like all of that stuff was meant to happen i had to go through those low times and those confusing awkward times with guy friends and with people who just like wouldn't tell anyone we were hooking up i had to go through that in order to feel the way i do about myself and honest to god like i'm a fucking self-love coach okay i'm a i'm a self-love coach i signed that deed baby like that is now my purpose is to love myself first because the men the relationships I was having were not giving me that. And I saw this TikTok. I actually like made a, a stitch to it because it's so good. I've never heard it said this way, but it's like my standards are high because I meet them every day for myself. I can meet my own standards, bro. I what I need is not that much. It's not that hard. And so... That value that I now, that self-worth that I now have is like, it's everything and it's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. And it also came from me choosing to do the work that I'm doing. When I became a self-love coach, did I know that it was going to be a self-reflective journey as well? Yeah, kind of, because I was going to start putting myself out there more and actually expressing my true opinion. And that was... A big part of my journey is like being able to speak my truth in public on social media. But I just think now I'm like, it's all a part of it. The relationship is all a part of it. All these like aspects of me, of Mindful Maddie, are what has created Mindful Maddie LLC. Mindful Maddie the brand, the Mindful Maddie pod. All of that has been created through my self-discovery and through these experiences that maybe aren't so savory to look back on or to really talk about. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> how, what, where else am I supposed to see that contrast and learn to do better by myself, right? Like, I want to do good by me and, and me first and my body and her first and my womb and my vagina, I am conscious, I'm aware, and that is only because I have experienced these things that have brought me to this perspective. So I'm not ashamed, and while it's hard to talk about, like, it's also encouraging, it's also empowering, and it's also 
feels good to just let it off my chest and be like, this is me. Okay, so take it or leave it. Like, I'm not here to sugarcoat things anymore or to make other people feel comfortable by staying small and not talking about uncomfortable things. Personal things. If it's gonna make me feel good, I'm gonna do it. And that, that's the motto, baby. That's the self-love motto. Like, if it's gonna be good for me, if it's gonna feel good for me, I'm gonna go do that. <laughs> oh man. So really, that's just kind of a overall summary where I've been, my relationship with sex, my relationship with men, my friendships with men. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the serious boyfriends that I have had. Because um, those obviously have shaped where I am today now. And I learned a lot being a girlfriend, which is something I definitely have like always wanted to be, always wanted to be a wife and a mom and someone who was adored by someone else, <laughs> a man, right? But I do identify now as bisexual and I have had this journey of like being single for a year and a half almost where I've gotten to explore these dark depths of my soul and why I felt shame around liking girls or being attracted to girls and not really knowing what to do with that. It's 2022 though, and I'm gonna just express that however I need to, however I want to, however I see fit. I've had intimate experiences with a couple women and I've gone on a couple dates with women over the past year and a half, but like, it's still something that I'm incubating and looking at internally and really being reflective um, about on a personal level right now. So I haven't had any relationships with women. I've had two serious boyfriends and let's start there, I guess. I was coming out of, um, a relationship, it was a situationship for sure, with a, with a person in Laramie. He was a basketball player. He was very well known. He was very well liked in the community. He was way older. He was like maybe four or five years older than me. And we started like hooking up in private and some, you know, we, some time went on and he really just did always whatever he wanted to do. And I was fine with that. I was a doormat and I was kind of fine with that because he had this like status and that at the time, at the time was important to me. And I, I liked what that gave to me, but he ended up like staying with me one summer and FaceTiming a girl in my apartment in my living room while I was there. And I just was like, that's enough. I packed his stuff and I kicked him out. And so once that ended, I was like, fuck that. Like, I want an actual boyfriend. And this was like summer 2015, 2016. I always get those years, like, they're all jumbled up for me. But I was like 19, 20. I think I was turning 20. Um, I don't, you know what? <laughs> 
schmantics. They don't matter that much. But the moral of the story is I was young as hell. And I was done with this, like, hookup culture, hookup scene in college. I was done being everyone's secret, but no one wanting to be with me and, like, be my boyfriend. So I went searching for that, turns out, and met my first boyfriend at a bar. We were both pretty hammered. We were both just chatting all night, just having a good time. His friends were there. My friends were there. Um, and I decided, as I normally would, to go home with him. And he was giving me all the right attention. Like, I felt like that night, I was like, oh, this guy's really interested and he doesn't seem just, I mean, even if he was just interested in hooking up, I was like, word, this is cool with me. Let's go with this. I'll go to his house. We were walking home. He's like, I live like three blocks from here. And he got lost (laughs) trying to take me home. The first night we met, he was so under the influence. He was so drunk that... He couldn't find his own apartment, his own house. (laughs) Ugh, that should have been the first sign, right? That should, should have been the first red flag, but it wasn't. I, from then on, like we hung out basically every day and drank a lot together. Like (laughs) would stay up all night, like watching TV and like eating pizza. And it felt like love. It felt like this comfort and this, like, I'm not going to be judged. I don't have to, like, hook up with people anymore. I can just be comfortable with this guy. And, yeah, I think we started dating after, like, a month. Like, we were official. And he was definitely, definitely had, like, an alcohol problem. And I definitely fed into that. Um, I was kind of providing everything he could need. I think he took me on one dinner date the whole time we lived in Wyoming and it had maybe been six months ish. And I was like, let's move in together. Woo. And so we moved to Colorado. Um, I kind of didn't know what I was doing with school. There was a lot going on. I... I don't know, like, we lived together, we were together for like a year and a half, but honestly, we didn't even live together for a month, maybe, and he just was getting like jobs in other states and going back home where his family lived all the time and like, didn't stay consistently at our apartment the first however many months we lived there, four, I don't know, and then his mother was in a car accident and It was a really bad one. She was in the ICU for months and we went there to where they lived to take care of her and kind of take care of the family. And so that was also interesting for me because I was like, this is a good role for me. I can take care of everyone. And I I was had a really good job at the time and I just kind of stopped working and was like okay cool I'll just be here and I don't know like that was fine for me we were having a fine time but moving forward 
I went back home eventually. His mom was okay. She is okay. And I went back home and he's like, I'll be home soon. The week he gets home, I find out <laughs> that he has been on Tinder since he got home. And the whole time he was away, anytime he was away, he was messaging girls on Tinder saying horrible, disgusting things that like I would never want him to be saying to another woman, like cheating or not cheating emotionally or whatever, actually, it didn't matter. It was very hurtful. My stomach dropped when I found those messages and I knew it was over and I think maybe I needed that to realize like this man is not to the standards that I like deserve. The way he treats me shows me exactly how he feels and how much effort he's willing to put in and I basically carried a lot of the weight in the relationship and I paid for a lot, which I don't mind. We split the rent, whatever, but I would cover a lot of things because he didn't have the means to do that. And I think because I had a single mom, I had always seen such a strong get it done attitude, no matter what, I'm going to make this happen, like with or without you. I think that really like put me in this mentality of like, well, whatever, I got it. I got it under control, <laughs> whether you can handle it or not. So you don't need to do anything. And this is a pattern for me, just taking control and having that codependent relationship where like, if I'm not in control, I'm out of control and that person doesn't love me and they're not giving me what I need and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll talk about it when I talk about my most recent ex um because that was a theme as well I think his masculinity was taken from him a little bit because I tried so hard to control the situation and make sure we were both happy make sure he didn't need anything from me and like he was fully satisfied and like didn't even give him an opportunity to really be himself and show me that and see if that was meant for me so yeah but anyways, my first boy, my first serious boyfriend, I kicked him out. I was like, you have two weeks, put in your two weeks at your job. And like, I want you out. I want you to move home, whatever. And he did. And not to say we didn't have like slip ups or like moments while he was there those two weeks, but I was so strong. I was like, this actually was the sign I needed to get out of this. And I don't think if that, if that didn't happen, I don't know how long it would have taken me because I was like, something has to go really wrong in a relationship for it to end. Um, that's not true. Like if you're not happy and it's a great relationship, it can still end if that's not what you want for yourself. And if that's what you find out that is like not for you, like that's okay. But this gave me a good excuse to be like, well, that's why, um, but hindsight, that just was not the person for me. And that was not a good, a good relationship that is like something that I want moving forward ever. He left and continued to contact me and we were like on good terms for the first little bit, but I stopped kind of replying and like was moving on. And I told him I was moving on with my life and 
he started to harass me pretty aggressively and pretty abusively, honestly. Like, he would call me and leave me messages and call from blocked numbers and call me a whore and call me a bitch and send me messages on any platform he could get a hold of me. He could say what I mean, he could say whatever he wanted. He had access to me through all these things and I blocked him everywhere. And I remember like the last message I got from him was on Skype chat because I had blocked him on every app that the only way he could find me was on Skype. Um, and there was a point where I was looking to get a restraining order against him because I became worried for my safety. He had known where I had moved to. He kept calling me from block numbers. It seemed like he knew what was going on in my life and I didn't feel that safe but I also didn't want to cause or put any more fuel to the fire, you know what I mean? Which I think probably a lot of women struggle with and just people in general who are in DV situations or domestically violent situations, like that, that feeling of like, well, it's not gonna do anything but like perpetuate the violence and the anger. He never laid a hand on me um, but verbally, he was very demeaning and made me feel pretty shitty. And I definitely started to believe that. I was definitely in a vulnerable place throughout our relationship. And I think he took advantage of that. And once we broke up, it was so out of his control that like, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, he couldn't do anything about it. And so his, his outlet was to harass me and make me feel shitty. After that, I think only a couple months went by and I met my boyfriend, my second boyfriend. We dated for a couple years, two and a half years. Met him at a bar. The story's crazy because he, had, he hadn't been out to a bar in a long time and he went alone and met me that night came up to me and asked me to dance <sighs> and we had a really interesting first half of our relationship I felt like I just was like trying to I was trying to date him <laughs> from the start and he was not, I just, yeah, something was missing for him. He didn't want to be serious. And I kind of was pushing it. And what kind of, I mean, I was really pushing it. Um, which honestly is what led to us breaking up was me just needing so much control over the situation that... I was like, I can't do it anymore. And he was like, I can't do it anymore. You are, you have like sucked me dry. And I feel bad about that. I really do because he's a lovely human being. And I was trying to change him to be what I wanted him to be. And I a little bit felt like he wanted me to be different as well. Maybe 
a little more prude, a little more reserved, a little more <laughs> goody goody. And I have that side to me, but like I felt very restricted and his family a little bit made me feel restricted about expressing myself and being my true self. Um, but our relationship in general was beautiful and he was my best friend and we always were doing things together. We were together during COVID, so it was a really close connection. He lived an hour away the whole time we were together and that was a big thing for me. I was like, why don't we live together? Why don't we get engaged? What? Like I was ready to marry this man pretty, pretty early on. He's a good guy. He really is. Um, but I was definitely forcing it because I was thinking if we get engaged, if we move in together, then I'm safe. Then I'm safe again from the dating pool, from awful men, from men who don't respect me. Then I'm safe with this nice man who like wants to be with me and wants to make me feel good and like puts my pleasure first. Oh, so yeah, then that really, that COVID relationship, you know, it ended in like November of 2020. And it was because his mental health was really struggling. And I felt like our relationship was contributing to that. And we had this like weird fight and didn't talk for a couple days. And then we met up and he broke up with me and like had a bag of my stuff. And I was like, holy shit, what just happened? Where did this come from? What is going on? Again, hindsight kind of makes sense. Hindsight, good for him for, <laughs> for doing what he needed to do, doing what was best for himself. Because I wasn't going to do it, even though I kind of saw us both going down this, like, depressive path, I definitely wasn't, unless it was like my last relationship, unless something went wrong, and it was blatantly wrong, like, I wasn't going anywhere. I was going to make it work. But I respected his decision at the end of the day. And we broke up and we were broken up for like a month, <laughs> maybe a little longer than a month. Got back together on like New Year's Eve. I wasn't done with him. I wanted to see if this really was the right thing because it was just pulled out from under me. And I was like, what the fuck? I was heartbroken. I was devastated. That was like the biggest shock heartbreak I've ever felt. And... Then I got back with him because that was the safe thing to do. That felt like the right thing to do. I was like, I miss him. I'm not ready to be done with this relationship. Like, I want to try. And that lasted for maybe a few more months. Three, four more months. Maybe three. And honestly, like... It sucks to say it, but I, I then broke up with him out of the blue because I just had this moment of like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be who I'm trying to be or really discover who that is while we're together. 
And I think the excuse I had given him was that I had my IUD removed and I was like not feeling the same, which is actually so true. It's not an excuse, but at the time I was like, that's all I could like put to it. Me getting my IUD removed two weeks before this breakup happened for the second time was a huge, huge mind blowing experience for me. And it has been a journey since then learning about my body and reconnecting with my body and my femininity. And I feel sad that he was kind of caught in the crossfires of me discovering who I am and trying to figure this shit out. Um, I was being selfish in a lot of ways and I want to like take responsibility for that for sure. I have always been in survival mode in relationships. Like once we, yeah, like I just am like, let's get out of the fucking woods and then I can breathe. And that's not fair to anyone, especially my partner, because he was just like, I have my own shit going on internally. And all I can do is focus on your internal turmoil that you bring up. Not that it's bad to bring that stuff up, but like there wasn't an even flow of exchanging our feelings and information and actually expressing how we felt when we were frustrated, when we were feeling resentful. This is all just my perspective and how I perceived how everything went down, like looking back now. Um, and he has, he has different opinions. Like he feels it's more simple than that. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> it's interesting because when we broke up in like last year, we didn't talk for, I mean, we maybe exchanged happy birthdays and happy holidays, but we didn't talk until this year, this month. And that's where uh, we have led now. But before I dive into that and why I've been talking to him in the month of August 2022, I want to talk about my period of being single because that's that in between that got us here, right? Um, so we broke up the second time and I went on a full-fledged self-discovery, sexual healing journey empowering myself and my femininity starting this business birthing this business like all these things have catalyzed and manifested within the past year and four months that is crazy to believe i live alone i own my own business officially like bitches are llc like that's just no pussy shit <laughs> anymore um, I have a podcast, something I was literally reading in my journal today from 2021. And on the day before I recorded this first episode for this specific podcast a year ago, I was like, I'm going to be a podcast host. So it's crazy that like all of this time, all of this that has accumulated has brought us here. But like what all of that was was me getting into the nitty fucking gritty. And with dating too. I took dating as a tool to learn more about my boundaries and my standards and my pleasure and my sexuality and what I want and what I'm looking for. 
Maybe what are red flags? Maybe what were red flags in my other relationships that I can now look back with like a better eye about it? It's a beautiful thing because I'm here now with these clear eyes and with this hindsight. Um, and it does, I feel like I'm a completely different person since I left that last relationship a year ago. In good ways. In really, really, really good ways because I don't feel scared of being me and authentically expressing my needs, my wants, my desires, my sexuality. And I'm ready for someone who's ready for that. And I've dated a lot of people in the past year who weren't ready for that and who just saw me as what all these other men have seen me in my past is like an object to have sex with. I the dating scene is hard, man. Like Tinder, Hinge, that shit's hard. I've had some like little micro heartbreaks the past year and been working through a lot of struggles with my insecurities and loving myself and not taking anyone's shit. I think I used to just want to be agreeable and I talk about this a lot, like I didn't want to ever rock the boat and I did that in my relationships until it was dire for us to break up. I was like, I'm not gonna rock the boat. I'm not gonna bring this up. But that just created more internal turmoil. And it was a reflection of my internal turmoil, the way I would handle things. Because avoiding them and being avoidant of the actual issue is just how that shit bottles up. So me being avoidant and like casually dating and like not getting attached and not having intimate relationships the past year, that's been good, but it's also been like, I haven't been facing the, the relationship wound that I do have. Um, but here I am facing it because nothing has worked out, you know, in the past year of dating. I've kind of been looking for a relationship, but also have felt this need to really focus on my business and like give that the love and attention and respect that I would give to a relationship. Cause I'm an all or nothing girlfriend. I'm an all in baby. Like once you've got me, you have my heart, you have my soul, you have my attention. I'm ready to do this thing. You have my, yeah, I mean, damn, I am loyal and I'm a, I'm a passionate woman. And so that part of me in this casual dating world has fucking sucked. That part of me is like, help, I hate this. These men don't see me for who I am and for the beautiful things that I'm doing in my life and for the way that I see things. They see me as a profile, as a few different pictures, and as like a hot girl having a drink with them who they maybe will get to sleep with if I get tipsy enough. Again, stuff that I'm like ashamed of, but I also know it's a part of this journey of connecting more with my vulnerable self and with my, my need for love. Like I still deserve that. Something just fell. 
That's so weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Okay. I just, I think I, I think I now see that I deserve this level of love and I'm not going to settle like I used to. And I'm not going to just like let men do what they want with me and not say anything about it. During my first breakup with my most recent ex, I was sexually assaulted by a friend. And that really threw me back into my ex's arms as well because it's just that same thing where I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to date. I don't want to like experience how horrible men can be and how like hurtful they can be. That's not something I talk about, obviously, but it is a part of my story and my ex knows and he fully accepted me when I told him and was like, I'm here for you. And he has always been a safe place, but I don't think I've allowed him to be a safe place. And so I thank him for that. <laughs> oh, which brings us to today. So it's been kind of a wild ride, but... I've been on Tinder and my ex, he popped up on my Tinder <laughs> a couple weeks ago, maybe. Fuck. <laughs> Here we are just spilling the tea. This is what you all were waiting for, but I made you wait quite a long time through my rambles, through my rants. Um, yeah, I matched with my ex-boyfriend on Tinder and basically saw him very shortly after that. Talked about a lot of things. Kind of got on the same page about where our relationship was. And we've been talking and we've been spending time. He's the one who went paddleboarding with me last weekend. <laughs> it's weird to talk about and it's vulnerable to share because I really don't know what's going to happen. But... We have both experienced a lot of growth and have done a lot of self-evaluation and reflecting and being introspective. And I think that's a beautiful thing to separate and then to like come back together and be like, okay, could we make this work now that we both kind of have our heads on a little more straight and respect our own needs and wants to a level that we really didn't before? Yeah, I was just trying to, like, marry him, and I didn't really take the time to, like, <laughs> love him or be myself in that process. I was just trying to be wifey, you know? But here we are today, and I don't know what's going to happen. My feelings have come back. He's definitely has always been someone who's, like, my best friend and we get each other but I feel like there is this part of me that's like so much has changed in my beliefs in my values in my experiences that I am scared I'm scared of like exploring that more in a more <laughs> in a more serious way as opposed to just like seeing each other or spending time with each other. But, oh, I mean, I'm really proud of how far I have come. 
in general with dating, with sex, with how I approach situations and how I'm allowed to be selective. Um, I'm allowed to say no and I'm allowed to say what I want and what I desire. And so kind of just like to close this all out, I guess I, I don't know, maybe I'll keep you updated on what happens, but that's where it's at for now with my ex. <laughs> he's, he's in the picture, but we're taking it day by day and we're being very cautious and aware of what this means and what um, it could lead to. And what maybe it won't lead to, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? So I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being alone because I have, <laughs> I have a lot of beautiful things to be grateful for in my life that I've created since he's been gone and since he's been on his own journey. And I'm sure he feels the same. Like my life's dope now. So I want someone to want to be a part of it and to like want to show me that I'm important to them and show me that they're their own person and that they feel empowered in the dynamic and that I don't like push that down because I've felt guilty about doing that with my ex. But I really, yeah, like I said, I'm just proud of how far I've come with learning to respect myself. And so I just wanna encourage you to reach out and let me know if any of this landed because relationships are hard, they're confusing. Being a young woman in college was hard. It was so confusing. <sighs> it, was, it was a lot. We've been through a lot. And so glad to be here now with this head on my shoulders because I feel like I can support other younger women in learning more about that. Learning more about themselves, connecting better to themselves. Like, that's why I'm on this journey. That's why I'm a self-love coach is because I want women to explore these deep, dark depths that maybe don't seem that significant on the surface but when you go below and you see the whole iceberg you're like holy holy damn look at all these patterns look at all these repetitive things actions that i'm doing to self-sabotage to not let true intimacy in to avoid having a real conversation and being myself and showing my authentic truth like those things that i have experienced i know that other women have experienced in their own way which also means that i know that they're able to move through it and have a new perspective and not continue to go <laughs> to go you know date the wrong people and have these unhealthy habits that don't fulfill them and don't they just fill the void they put the they fill it for the moment they don't actually patch it up and heal it right so not that I'm all healed and I, you know, I still have voids that I'm clearly trying to fill and dating is a hard one for me. But honestly, if that's like, if that's the struggle in my life, which according to my gene keys, <laughs> relationships are where I learn the most. My relationships are where I heal my pain. 
And so that's a part of my journey and I just have to accept it. And it's been hard to accept it, but I am strong and I learn so much about myself, whether I'm single or whether I'm in a relationship. And I think that's a really great tool to have is to be able to evaluate yourself, whether you're single or in a relationship on how you respond to things, on what is getting to you, on how you're treating this other person, on how you're showing up. Are you showing up as yourself? Are you showing up with this mask so that you don't have to actually be seen and held and loved? Or because you're scared that that's not gonna happen. They're not gonna love you. These wounds and these shadows and these things that we experience in our dynamics are a part of your blueprint and they're a part of your journey and so I think what I want to do with this episode <clears throat> what I hope this episode has brought is just bringing awareness to yourself and in this like stop judging yourself bring awareness where you're hating on yourself and dating because that's the place that needs the most love from you and that's also the place where you need to give like some freaking compassion and be like okay yeah I hooked up with dudes that I should not have hooked up with and I didn't need to, but I didn't have the self-respect or the boundaries to make it stop and to do better for myself. But now I do. Now I can look back and be like, I'm proud of that girl because she tried and she brought me here. She's why I'm here. I love her. She's my bestie. She's me. She's my mirror. She holds a lot for me in how I move forward. I respect the hell out of her, no matter what she's been through. All right, I think I'm just gonna leave it there because I could go on, but like, dang girl, we're already longer than both the other episodes. Don't expect any consistency on episode time from me. Like, like I said, it's a stream of consciousness and you just have to be along for the ride. Ugh. I love you. I've appreciated all your support and thank you so much for listening. Please give me a review, rate the podcast on Spotify, on Anchor, and let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram, Mindful Maddie Jane. Um, and thank you for listening to the Mindful Maddie Pod. I hope you have a beautiful day.